Why, hello there, folks. Welcome to the Professional Horror Podcast, the only podcast giving you a top 10 of the year over, ooh, uh, 20 days plus after the year is over. I am your host, the wonderfully pretty Chris Donovan, and I am flying solo today to do the one thing this podcast has managed to do routinely, and that is deliver you guys a list of the top 10 horror movies of the year. Sure, it keeps getting later and later in January, this list, but uh, at least it's here. Now, hopefully, we'll be able to start doing things, I don't know, like, monthly instead of yearly. The hope is at some point this year I can deliver you guys a routine two episodes a month once every other week or so. But, you know, let's see how that goes. Until then, let's talk about the year that was in horror. 2020 wasn't, you know, good for many things, but it still managed to be a great year for the horror genre. For every Halloween kills and Candyman and antlers that we were supposed to get that got delayed due to the pandemic... There was a terrifically made indie movie or festival favorite ready and able to step in and fill the void. There were a crazy amount of releases this year. Even this year, when I thought, ah, it's going to be easy to stay on top of all the releases, I still found myself, like, under a mountain of new release movies to get through in order to make this list. The VOD scene was filled to the brim with quality, and Shudder in particular spoiled us rotten this year with the amount of original movies and finds that they were able to scrounge up and post on their site. It has been absolutely wonderful what they've done for us. All in all, I managed to watch 53 original horror movies that first made their release during the accursed year of 2020. And I'm going to rank my top 10, as well as a bloated honorable mention section, and probably also run down all the movies I saw that made neither list, just so that nobody's like, Oh, what about XYZ movie? If I didn't mention it, I didn't get to see it, unfortunately. And that is what about XYZ movie. And one quick caveat before we begin, my list is going to look very different than a lot of other people's lists, not because I'm trying to be my own little special snowflake or anything, and like, oh, look how cool I am not listing the movies everyone else loves. These are my honest picks, and I saw a lot of movies differently than other people. I saw a lot of movies that really people didn't really give much mention to and just cherished them, and I saw other movies that people were lauding, and not saying they're bad movies, a lot of them are actually very, very well-made movies, but just didn't hit that next level for me for whatever reason. I'll tell you my reason why I think that is later on, but man... I'm going to have to talk a lot during this episode, aren't I? I have a lot of things to get through. Anyway, let's begin, right? Number 10. My number 10 movie of the year is Deep Blue Sea 3. Deep Blue Sea 3 sits at a 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb and a 71% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. The synopsis is Dr. Emma Collins and her team are spending their third summer on the island of Little Happy studying the effect of climate change on the great white sharks who come to the nearby nursery every year to give birth. However, their peaceful life is disturbed disrupted when a scientific team it's in quotes in the synopsis trying to give you the quote feeling team shows up looking for three bull sharks the movie is directed by john pogue it was written by dirk blackman and it's starring tania raymond or tanya i don't know how she pronounced it and special shout out to sally the shark in this movie this is a weird one for me because i never saw a deep blue sea 2 and I'm honestly not a big fan of the first Deep Blue Sea movie. I know that's a lot of people's one of their favorite shark movies, like top three, top five for most people. But like little kid me just got so frustrated with that movie because of how inaccurate the sharks looked to how they're supposed to be. And like little eight year old me is like, Mako sharks don't look like that. But for some reason watching this movie, it was just so much fun. And I was just like, it was just pure escapist movie fun which i do think in 2020 i was looking for a lot of there's some amazing shark moments there are 
some very bizarre fight scenes in this movie. There's like there's legitimately one scene where like he like they they have like a karate fight, and then I swear to God I was expecting the next line out of one of the guy's faces to be like I'm done messing with you. It's morphin time. Like that's how over the top it was. And I also just loved that it was a shark movie that went out of its way to say how much it loved sharks and say like yes these these bull sharks are killing people but this is because of what the people did to them like sharks are not like this it's a, it's like a nature attack movie that seems to really love nature and sharks and you don't get that a lot a lot of times you do just kind of get mindless well they're sharks so they're going to eat everything in sight and that's you know it's not the case but the characters were all really fun it was like a total b movie that i i was probably going to skip over entirely, but then do want to give a big shout out to, I think, Matt Donato and Megan Navarro. I know Megan's from Blade Discussing. I forget where Matt is from, but they did a watch along because they were talking about how much they loved it. And I watched it like two days before that because I was inspired by that. And I was like, this movie is so much fun. Like, it's not, you know, it's not the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life, but I can't deny how much fun I, th- like how much fun I had watching it. I was just like, this is a joy for an hour and a half. And, you know, sometimes that's, that's all a movie has to be is just a joy to watch. And that's why it is number 10 on this list. Deep Blue Sea 3 is available on Blu-ray and VOD. Check it out. Number nine for my list is a tie because good God, there were so many movies this year that came out that I love. That's why my honorable mention has like more than 15 movies on it. It was impossible to whittle this list down to a top 10. And I was stuck between these two of whether or not they're going to make the list or not. And so I just said, screw it. They're tied. Sure. That makes my top 10 a top 11, but who cares? Those two movies are The Wretched and Blood Vessel. The Wretched has a 5.8 out of 10 rating on IMDb and a 74% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. The synopsis is a defiant teenage boy struggling with his parents' imminent divorce faces off with an old witch who has possessed the neighbor next door. It is written and directed by the Pierce brothers, Brett and Drew T, and is starring John Paul Howard and Piper Curta. We don't get enough witch movies in this day and age. We need more witch movies, period. There's one of my honorable mentions, which I ended up buying on Blu-ray because I, I really love that movie too, called The Pale Door. So we got two solid witch movies this year, but we need more and more and more and give me more. It's so much fun. This really felt like a sort of goosebumps slash like Fear Street kind of story. It had some like rear window aspects because, you know... This kid, he's seeing things transpire next door, like through a pair of binoculars, and he has to investigate what's happening. And it was just a lot of fun. And it was like, it had the, just the right kind of supernatural vibe to it. I'm a supernatural movie guy, as opposed to reality, because reality's boring. And this movie just had just the right amount of character, just the right amount of fun, just the right amount of spooky witch action for me to be like, yes, hell yeah, I'm all about this. The Wretched is available on Blu-ray and VOD. My other number nine pick is Blood Vessel. Blood Vessel sits at a 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb and a 73% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. The synopsis is it's lifeboat survivors board a German boat that's crawling with vampires during World War II. And what the hell else do you need to hear? It is directed by Justin Dix, written by Justin Dix and Jordan Prosser, or Prosser, and is starring Alyssa Sutherland and Nathan Phillips. I do have a soft spot for movies like this it, it, where it's a group of, it's like a ragtag group of people trying to get along together because it's world war ii and it's they have like a group of basically all the allied forces you had this really cocky american soldier you had a really funny australian soldier you had a tough as nails russian soldier and you had a british 
nurse and a British doctor. And it was like, it was a whole crew. It was a lot of fun. And it's a great setup too. We have a bunch of people stranded on a lifeboat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. They come across a boat and it's a Nazi boat. And they're like, oh crap, we got to sneak our way on this. Otherwise we're going to die. And they get on the boat and there's no one there. Like that's automatically A plus setup for me. And the vampires in this movie, the vampires look so boss, dude. This is not just, you know, suave Victorian guys with fangs. This is like full-blown monster vampires and it is awesome. I'm going to keep those two entries short just because, you know, tied it up. Blood Vessel is available to watch on Shudder, and I do believe it is available on VOD as well, but don't quote me on that. My number eight pick is another Shudder original film. That is Scare Me. 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb and 83% of on... 83% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. It is a movie about two strangers who tell scary stories to each other in a cabin. Written and directed by Josh Rubin and starring Josh Rubin and Aya Cash. This one was really fascinating to me because Scare Me is essentially... It's an anthology movie but it's never about the individual stories that they tell the story never leaves the cabin and the people telling the story as a result the stories end up being not so much about what they come up with even though what the stories they come up with a lot of them are really cool it ends up being more about the dynamic between these two characters and what they bring to the table and their journeys throughout the entire story and it was wonderful josh rubin plays a character who's trying to make it as a writer and Aya cash plays a character who is a best-selling horror author who has written what as many critics have called the best horror book of all time and so there's a latent jealousy that undercuts all of josh rubin's scenes even even when they get close he, he still has like this weird separation between her because even as she's kind of like eh, it's whatever we're having fun he I, he it's always bubbling under the surface and it creates a very interesting dynamic between, between the two of them that was fun to watch this story would also really work well too as like a play. I would love to see like a stage play version of this because you just need three characters and one cabin set up to do the whole story with some sound effects and stuff. I think that'd be a very interesting direction to take this kind of story because I've seen a lot of anthologies in my time and I've never seen one that says basically I don't care about the individual stories. This is a character study through the medium of horror storytelling through how they tell stories we learn who they are not because of what they go through in the story but because of how they tell how they create a story and i thought that was really interesting by the way i would also love to have a night in a cabin where i'm just with a complete stranger telling horror stories all night that sounds awesome so if anyone wants to be stranded in a, in a cabin with me you know hey man does that sound creepy Scare Me is available on Shudder. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna segue right out of that without a second uh, thought <clears throat> and transition to number seven with a much more obvious pick, The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man is a 7.1 out of 10 rating on IMDb and a 91% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. If there's any movie on this list you guys have heard of, it's this one. If you need the synopsis for The Invisible Man, I mean, hey, I'll give it to you guys. I'm I'm cool like that. After staging his own suicide, a crazed scientist uses his power to become invisible and st to start and terrorize his ex-girlfriend. When the police refuse to believe her story, she decides to take matters into her own hands and fight back. The Invisible Man is written and directed by Lee Winnell and starring Elizabeth Moss and... Both these people, man, are absolutely... Like, Lee Winnell is really coming into his own as a director, having done Upgrade and now this movie. And his writing's never been a question for me. He's always top-notch. I know he doesn't like this movie, but I have a soft spot for Dead Silence. But this movie, Elizabeth Moss acts the living 
hell out of this character. She is unreal in this movie. There was, I'll tell you guys a quick fun story about this movie. I watched this movie for the first time as part of a 2020 binge. I, I rented three movies from a red box all in one night to just kind of watch all together. And this movie was so good, it ruined the other movie that I picked for that night. Because I watched this right before I watched The Lodge. And nothing against The Lodge, it's a well-made movie. But I was so tense during The Invisible Man. I was just, like, on the edge of my seat. I was, you know, tensed up. And then when I watched The Lodge, it was a very slow-burn movie. Half hour in, because my muscles had all relaxed so much, I nearly passed out on my on my couch trying to watch The Lodge. Like, my body just needed the rest. And it was like, all right, now that you've calmed down, go to sleep, man. You've, ha- you've, you've put your brain through too much. And, uh, yeah, sorry to The Lodge, but The Invisible Man, what a film. I mean, it's a little long, and there's, you know, that's why it's only number seven in my opinion, but man, is it good. The Invisible Man is available on Blu-ray, DVD, VOD, the whole nine yards. My number six film of the year is another Shutter movie. What do you know? It is The Mortuary Collection. The Mortuary Collection has a 6.5 out of 10 rating on IMDb and a 95% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. The synopsis is, desperate for work, a young drifter applies for a job at the local mortuary on the outskirts of town. There she meets Montgomery Dark, an eccentric mortician with more than a few skeletons in his closet. Montgomery chronicles the strange history of the town through a series of twisted tales, each more terrifying than the last. This movie is written and directed by Ryan Spindell, and it stars Clancy Brown and Caitlin Custer as our two... I mean, it's an anthology movie, so there's lots of people who star in this movie, but they are the two movies... They're the two characters who play um, the two main characters from our framing device, which, again, similar to Scare Me. I mean, not similar to Scare Me, but this movie really places an emphasis on the framing device, and rightfully so, because it's really good and really draws you in. The town of this movie, it, it feels very reminiscent to me. Obviously, people are going to compare it directly to Trick or Treat, because it's another really well-done anthology. And from these two movies, I can gather that the actual way to nail an anthology is to have one person writing and directing the entire thing, so that you have a much more consistent aesthetic and tone throughout this movie does but the biggest comparison for me between this movie and trick-or-treat is that aesthetic trick-or-treat just lays out this beautiful vibe of halloween it just exudes halloween from every orifice it just makes you just you just look at it and you go oh my god i want to be there and the mortuary collection does that too with its aesthetic it shows you this wonderful town that everything is spooky and gothic and everything's you know winding dirt roads i mean the mortuary in this movie is like at the end of a dirt road in the woods and it's like this old-timey gothic building it's just it's all perfect for me my favorite installment of the short films was the last one known as the babysitter murders because i'm a sucker for slashers as we know and the whole movie just really developed this great mood that she just wanted to be transported to and it was just so much fun Highly recommend checking out the Mortuary Collection, available once again on Shudder. My number five pick is Get Duked. Get Duked has a 6.2 out of 10 rating on IMDb and an 87% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. Get Duked is about a camping trip in the Scottish Highlands. Excuse me, let me say that right. In the Scottish Highlands. 
that turns into a fight for survival when four teens become the target of vicious hunters. It is written and directed by Ninian Doff, or Doff, and starring Samuel Bottomley and Viraj Janeja. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not. I apologize. Get Duked is the funniest movie I saw this year. It is absolutely hilarious from beginning to end. Every joke that you that is set up in this movie, you think it has like one payoff. Every joke has like seven payoffs and they're all amazing. And they just roll together into one giant ball of joke payoffs and it is so funny especially Viraj's his character is as a rapper named DJ Beatroot his his story and his raps in this movie were amazing I've had his I've had his song stuck in my head for a couple weeks after watching this movie it is so good and it's also a story about friendship which I always love I always love a story about a group of friends or in this case a group of friends and one outsider trying to survive together trying to get through the tough times and they emerge closer at the end for it and it's just it all works so well it's almost like I don't want to compare it to Shaun of the Dead because Shaun of the Dead is one of the one of the classic horror comedies of all time but it's similar in the fact that every joke is perfectly set up to go throughout the rest of the movie it's amazing Get Juked is only available on Amazon Prime at the moment which is you know kind of a bumsy wumsy if you don't have that but hey at least it's somewhere my number four pick is Love and Monsters Love and Monsters has a 7.0 out of 10 on IMDb and a 92% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes Love and Monsters is about about <clears throat> seven years after the monster apocalypse, Joel Dawson, along with the rest of humanity, have been living underground ever since giant creatures took control of the land. After reconnecting over the radio with his high school girlfriend, Amy, who is now 80 miles away at a coastal colony, Joel begins to fall for her again. As Joel realizes that there's nothing left for him underground, he decides to venture out to Amy, despite all the dangerous monsters that stand in his way. Love and Monsters is directed by Matthew Michaels, and is written by Brian Duffield and Matthew Robinson, and is starring Dylan O'Brien and the most important characters in this movie are Hero and Dodge, the two dog actors who play Boy the dog in this movie. Boy is the goodest boy that there ever was. What a dog. Literally, I had to spoil this part of this movie for me is the second that dog showed up and did a single thing, I literally had to stop the movie, go online and say, does this dog die in the movie? Otherwise, because I will shatter if it happens. And hit the, you know, skip 15 if you don't want to hear if the dog makes it or not. He does, very much so, and it is such a fun movie. It's another fun, light movie. It's about giant monsters who are all giant versions of real creatures. So what's great about this movie is it starts out with this really hilarious exposition dump where it says there was an asteroid coming to Earth. We launched all our nuclear missiles at it, blew up the asteroid, but the fallout that rained out upon us horribly mutated every cold-blooded animal on Earth. So all the reptiles, all the amphibians, and all the insects all became gigantic, horrifying monsters and we had to go underground as a result and seeing joel and his dog boy traverse this land encountering monsters it was so much fun it was intense at times when it had to be it was emotional times when it had to be and um it was heartfelt when it needed to be and again what more could you ask out of a movie that makes you you know laugh makes you cheer makes you it makes you you know tense up and you walk away with a smile on your face i cannot recommend this movie enough it was so fun if nothing else, watch it for Boy the Dog, because he is the goodest boy. My number three pick is rounding up our Shudder love, is the Shudder original film that came out this summer, Host. Host has a 6.6 out of 10 rating on IMDb, IMDb and a perfect 100% approval 
on Rotten Tomatoes. Host is about six friends accidentally inviting the attention of a demonic presence during an online seance and begin noticing strange occurrences in their homes. Host is directed by Rob Savage. The screenplay is by Rob Savage, Jed Shepard, and Gemma Hurley, and stars Haley Bishop and Gemma Moore. And this movie was incredible. It is a movie that took advantage of the quarantine that we had last year perfectly where it's a mo- it's not like a, a pandemic thrill like a contagion style movie but it acknowledges the situation we were all in it's a b- group of friends who want to hang out together but can't hang out in person because of the circumstances and so they decide to have to meet online on a zoom call and hey let's have some fun let's do a seance type thing because one of our friends knows a spiritual person who does this should be fun and what this movie does so well is it is so efficient this movie runs at just under an hour long long and yet i felt more connected to half of this cast of characters than i that i felt connected to characters in movies over twice that length all of them seem like genuine friends they all seemed like real people that i felt immediately attached to it, it doesn't even though it's only an hour long it doesn't skimp on the character relations, a character setup to this movie, which is crucial. And then the scares are just so perfectly done just across the board. It is an intense movie to watch. These The scares, the setups are perfect. There's so much great stuff. There's so many great things where they use the technology to its to their advantage. They use facts you only get little snippets of screens here and there. They use the found footage elements to perfection. It is possibly my favorite found footage movie of all time. It's probably, it's up there with Grave Encounters is my favorite one of all time, probably. Probably. And it is a it's it's a movie that needs to be watched on a laptop. You're not going to get the same experience watching it on a TV because it, it mimics. It's similar to the Unfriended movies where it mimics a laptop screen, and it just makes the experience that much more engaging when it's done like that. Also, on New Year's, actually, the Nightmare on Film Street people did a 24-hour movie live stream where I got where we watched Host as one of the films, and being a group of friends watching a group of friends in this movie and host on our laptops just made the experience that much better it was it's such a good time it's such a it's fun it's exciting it's scary it's everything you need host is available on shutter if you haven't seen it by now you should change that about yourself moving right along got our number two pick coming and that is freaky freaky has a 6.3 out of 10 rating on imdb and an 83 percent approval on rotten tomatoes freaky is about a 17 year old millie kessler who spends her days trying to survive high school and the cruel actions of the popular crowd but when she becomes the latest target of the blissfield butcher the town's infamous serial killer her senior year becomes the least of her worries when the butcher's mystical dagger causes him and millie to magically switch bodies the frightened teen learns she has just 24 hours to get her identity back before she looks like a middle-aged maniac forever Freaky is directed by Christopher Landon. It is written by Christopher Landon and Michael Kennedy and stars Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. I saved this movie for the last movie to watch out of my year because I knew this was a movie I was going to love. And I wanted to really build up my sort of anticipation for this movie as long as possible because I absolutely adore the Happy Death Day movies, also by Christopher Landon. Like, I want Tree to be my best friend. And this movie very much has a same vibe or similar vibe to Happy Death Day. Except this one is a much more pure slasher and much more gory and intense slasher because the butcher is nuts he goes 
at the beginning of the movie when he's still in his own body, he goes full like Jason Voorhees on people. Like goes full Michael Myers, whichever you want to say, masked killer who does impossible feats of strength on people. And when the body switch happens and Catherine Newton is now the Blissfield Butcher, she also does not get cheated in the kill department, but she has to be a little bit more cunning, a little bit more strategic because now she's in a much smaller, less muscular body. But both Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton deserve a lot of credit for this movie because of how good the performances are, of how they nailed both those roles as well as they did, and have it feel as seamless seamless as it is. Like Vince Vaughn, we all know that he can do kind of funny stuff. We know he can do like comedy, but to see him be this like hulking slasher thing was was a bit of a departure for me. But he, I think he nailed it. And I think Catherine Newton was amazing just from beginning to end. I thought she, she was also amazing. I'm really looking forward. Hopefully there's rumblings and rumors that there could be a freaky Happy Death Day crossover, and I would be here for that. I'm just going to say that. Freaky has just ended its theatrical run just very recently. Like, I think I caught one of the last premium showings of it, and it will be available on VOD, I think, the 26th. I'm recording this on the 22nd, so very soon. Very soon it will be available on VOD, and on February 9th it'll be available on Blu-ray and DVD. It's just a fun slasher, guys. It's like Freaky Friday meets Friday the 13th, and it's about as enjoyable as you're going to get. All right, now we come to the roundup section so the following movies i'm about to mention are movies that i saw this year but i did not put in my honorable mention section or my top 10 that does not mean i did not like these movies or that i thought they weren't well made a lot of them are good movies but they just didn't hit that next level for me as far as like really like resonating with me for whatever reason in fact i don't think i can see i can say there were a lot of movies i saw this year that i just straight up did not like maybe like one or two tops most of these movies are good, and if they were, and if you told me they were on your top ten list, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. There's a lot to like about them, but for me, it just didn't hit that next level. So, with all the caveats in the world, remember, this is just my opinion. Here are my roundup of the movies I saw that are neither on the list, nor are they honorable mentions. VFW, Colorado Space, Scare Package, The Lodge, Grendel and Hansel, Blood Quantum, Let's Scare Julie, The Dark and the Wicked, Anything for Jackson, The Wolf of Snow Hollow, The Rental, Relic, Amulet, Vampires vs. The Bronx, Possessor, Ghosts of War, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight, His House, Ghost Killers vs. Bloody Mary, Warning, Do Not Play, Spiral, La Llorona, Empedagore, Lake of Death, and The Beach House. Now time for my honorable mentions. Another just very long list. Too long. Honorable mentions include The Shortcut, After Midnight, The Retreat, Alone, 1BR, Monstrum. Monstrum in particular has some really kick-ass fight scenes as well with some sword fights and some creature feature stuff. Really cool. Sea Fever has some really intense creature effects. Really horrifying stuff, which was really cool. Sputnik, Porno, which is a movie on Shudder. It's not pornography. (laughs) A very fun movie. I just thought it was a little thin in the plot department, but the movie overall very enjoyable. The Pale Door is a similar thing. I wanted, I just wanted a little bit more with it, but it was really good overall. You had Underwater, The Cleansing Hour, Parallel, which was a weird movie in a similar vein as like Chronicle, but dealing with parallel dimensions. It also gave me a little bit of a, and a little flavor of Goosebumps, Let's Get Invisible, book number five, which I'm not mad at. Whenever I feel connected to Goosebumps, definitely not mad at that. Bit. Diana Hopper in that movie can step on my throat. The Vast of Night gave really incredible Twilight Zone vibes. It was a lot of fun. And We Summon the Darkness was really fun. Yeah, it was just fun. And now for the moment we've all been waiting for, my number one movie of the year. And I can tell you, if you haven't guessed it by now, don't worry, you would never in your life were going to guess this movie. Uh, <laughs> so for those of you who listened to the last two episodes, the last two top ten of the years I've done, you know, I like to sneak in a very, like a, a, a B movie that's not going to be on anyone else's list pretty much. 2018, I had the sci-fi original movie Killer 
Color High, and last year I had the Velocipaster. This year is no different. Some of you might have thought that Deep Blue Sea 3 was going to be my crazy B-movie edition, but no, no, you'd be wrong. And this pick is not to be funny, not to be like, hey, look at my list, I did something wacky. This honestly was my favorite movie of the year, full stop. The sci-fi original movie, Letters to Satan Claus. Letters to Satan Claus has a 4.7 out of 10 rating on IMDb and a 55% Rotten Tomatoes audience score because there is no critical score. Letters to Satan Claus is about a journalist who must confront her past when Satan returns to her hometown to put a damper on the holidays. It is directed by Emma Jean Sutherland, written by Michael Zara, and starring Karen Knox. This movie was so unbelievably fun. I cannot describe it. I'm going to try to describe it though. I'm going to give it my best. It's like a sci-fi original horror movie parody of Hallmark Christmas movies, or as they called it, a Hellmark Christmas movie, which it was just, everything about it was pitch perfect. There was some really scary, like, there was some really intense and cool effects and kills and stuff where Satan came and got people with like, I don't know, snowmen or cookies or whatever you want to call it. Whenever it happened, it was really cool. Karen Knox playing Holly Frost, also known as Holly Winters, because she changed her name when she went to the big city to get that reporter job. <laughs> she, she is so goddamn good in this movie. She's so funny. Oh my god. I was talking about how Tree, I want to be Tree's best friend. I also want to be Holly's best friend. She is so funny. She's like that funny asshole type character. And what I loved about this movie is, yes, characters are going to change for the better in movies. That's part of the point of movies. You see a character who's flawed at the beginning and you see them grow and change into a better person by the end. That's how movies work. But what I loved is even as she grew as a character, she didn't abandon the things that endeared us to her in the beginning of the movie. She wasn't suddenly this like lovely rainbow and sunshines character. She was still a funny jerk, but just with a little more love in her heart. And it's amazing to see some of those things not be thrown away and not be treated as flaws. There's another element about her, her character that was very valuable validating to me even where i've never seen a character who says i'm not gonna spoil anything but she has a viewpoint early in the movie and by the end that viewpoint hasn't changed every other movie i've seen with that character having that kind of viewpoint it's a, seen as a flaw that needs to be changed by the end of the movie but this movie says no that opinion is valid and does need and it's not a flaw to be changed that is something about her that makes sense and that is a that is a thing of her that is valid and i found that really assuring to me so it was a movie that i laughed i cheered I loved the, the Christmas aesthetic. I loved all the characters. I loved the Christmas censoring of their own swears. I loved... Oh the design of Satan Claus. I loved the whole thing. A movie that makes me laugh and cheer and and feel those kind of emotions. What Again, what more can you ask for in a movie? If a movie can take you to all those places, it's a good one. And I have no regrets putting this as my number one movie of the year. It is amazing. And I will stand by it to the bitter end. You can find Letters to Satan Claus on Hulu. And also you can find it on, the, on sci-fi.com. If you just go to their app, you can find it on demand. That's how I saw it <clears throat> and i highly encourage you guys to watch this movie you know maybe wait till next christmas i don't know i don't know how you guys treat christmas movies in your household but like i said i recommend checking this movie out because i for one cannot wait until it's out on dvd or blu-ray or whatever so i can buy it own it have it in my possession and then force all of my friends and family to watch this movie and appreciate it with me because it is so fun this is gonna be one of those movies that i just championed for the next like five years because of how awesome i think it is and hopefully you guys will watch it and see what i see in it or maybe you won't and you know what it's totally your prerogative i respect your opinion and i hope you guys appreciate mine as well Whew. 
So that's my list. Do you agree or do you think I'm a super idiot? Why don't you let me know by sending me an email at professionalhorror at gmail.com or you can scream at me at Twitter. I'm at the underscore Don underscore 17 on Twitter and my Instagram is professionalhorror. I'll be hitting you guys shortly with a game. I'm going to be playing with my buddy Carrie where we put our creativity to the test and then I'll be back at it again with more damn reviews of movies coming soon. It should be two tons of fun and I cannot wait to show you guys what I have in store for the coming months and months as we trudge along in this lovely lovely little world we live in and like i said at the end of our last episode just want to say 2020 had some great movies but it was also rough for a lot of us hopefully 2021 will bring brighter days and just know if you're going through a tough patch just know or if 2020 gave you a bad hand just know you are loved you matter and you are valid and until next time stay scary but keep it professional